You're listening to Life Church Podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. If you have your Bibles and you'd like to kind of follow along today, which I would encourage you to do, I'm going to go through a number of, of different scriptures here. Um, but we are, we are uh, in this year-long series, for those of you who are not regular attenders of this church and you're here today as a visitor, we're doing this series that has lasted us a year. Um, and uh, we, we call it Centered meaning that everything about the series, all the sermons and the messages that we are preaching and teaching over this course of a year, are centered on the life and the person of Jesus Christ. And uh, so now we're in the, the very end stage of this series, and we're looking at what is called types and shadows. Types and shadows meaning um, symbols or silhouettes or examples within the context of the Old Testament that point to a much better uh, type in the New Testament. And so we're trying to, to uncover some of those and, and, and look at them. There's always mysteries, I find, in the scriptures as I read to me and things that I want to know. And, you know, of course, not all the details are always there. And so you see these, these silhouettes, you see these imageries of things uh, throughout the scriptures. And we're trying to look at some that, that from the Old Testament give us some message of our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And so I'm going to try to do that this morning with you. Uh, and I'm going to take you into Genesis chapter 22. And we are going to look at the life of Isaac a little bit, all right? So we're going to be looking at Abraham and his son Isaac. And so what I'd like to do is, is, is talk about a particular aspect of Isaac's life. Uh, the, the Hebrew call it, uh, and I always butcher Hebrew words, so, so just grace me, all right? Um, I still like to say them, even though I don't know how to say them. Uh, but the Akkadiyah. Uh, uh, is the binding, the binding of Isaac, the, the tying up of Isaac for the sacrifice, if you will, okay? So I'd like to get you into that story just a little bit. So let's look at Genesis chapter 22. Now, my Bible is an English Standard Version Bible. That's the one I'm going to be reading out of. And there are like Bibles in the back. There, there are the black Bibles on the rack in the back. And you're free to get up and go get one if you would like to follow along within a Bible. And, and part of the scriptures will be put up on the screen so that you can see from there as well. But but I'd love for you to just follow with me in this story as I read here. The sacrifice of Isaac. So uh, Genesis 22, beginning with verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go into the land of Moriah. And offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went, both of them, together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father. And he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire, the wood, but where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. And so they went, both of them, together. 
When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, The Lord Will Provide, as it is said to this day. On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. This is a lovely story. It's an, just an amazing, amazing story. There's a lot of intensity here. If you're reading this for the first time, you're going to be going, What? God told Abraham to kill his own son. Uh, and, and so it, it has a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings. And, you know, I could never think that I could even possibly do that. But this, this helps me to understand the amazing gift of God's own son, Jesus Christ. It helps me to understand the, the depth of his love that he would give his son to die for my sin and for your sin. And so we want to understand God here, if we can, a little bit by looking at this and unpacking it just a little bit here. And hopefully you can do that, all right? But, but to really be able to draw this out and understand this type fully, I need to take you into the New Testament briefly here and reference a scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to do that, and then I want to kind of make these comparisons here for you uh, for a few minutes, and then we will be done. Hebrews chapter 11, beginning at verse 17, it says, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him back from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. All right, now, let's look for a few minutes at this comparison that we're going to make here of Isaac as the, 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 the binding of Isaac as the son and Jesus being sacrificed uh, on the cross as our Savior. And uh, I want to I just reference for a moment here and help you to understand that Isaac, Isaac is a big name in the Bible. Isaac, uh, Isaac has quite a... Uh, a story, and we're only, we're only zeroing in on one small part of this amazing story of this man, but there are many, many things and, and, and quite an intense life that is lived by Isaac uh, and, and his, his, his wife and his children and his father. Um, Amos, 
chapter 7, uh, verse 9, and verse 16 as well. Uh, uh, Israel is identified there as the people of Isaac, Isaac's people. So he has, he has uh, an identifier placed there. Uh, so that makes his name very important. He's used to illustrate the resurrection from the dead and, and life after death, both in Matthew 22 and Mark 12. Uh, so the New Testament writers pull in and they begin to help us to see this comparison and to see this type, if you will. Galatians chapter 4 also is, talk, is used to illustrate the relationship of the old law and, and, and the new one. And, and Isaac is used there. Um, his, the, his blessing of his sons uh, are, are cited as an example of, of, of great faith in the book of Hebrews as well. So we see other writers seeing the value of the life of Isaac throughout the scriptures. And I think it's very, very important that you and I also begin to see that value and, and, and look at this for a few moments. So while it's important to, to sort of, you know, see his role and, 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 and all of this, I think the most, in, in, in the Bible, I think the most important thing that I want, I want us to see today, and I think, we, we, and of course we're doing this because we're talking about types, but I think it's important to see this, this sacrifice of Genesis chapter 22 and see this as one of the real highlights, if you will, and maybe one of the most important lessons that we can pull from the life of Isaac. So let's look at these comparisons just a little bit, and I'll take you through them. I'm going to reference some scriptures. You can write them down or, or turn and read them if you, if you would like to. These won't be on the screen, however. Um, but you may want to just turn to Genesis chapter 22, um, and, and there you can reference at least the Old Testament uh, ones and, and see them as we, we kind of follow through and, and break this down. Okay, So we're going to take Genesis 22, this story, and then we're going to make some comparisons to try to help you to see that indeed this is very much a type of Christ. The comparisons between the offering up of Isaac, if you will, the sacrifice that's found in Genesis chapter 21, this, this that is known in the Hebrew as the binding, all right, is going gonna, is gonna to parallel the resurrection of Jesus, I think, very nicely here. And uh, I just want to try to lay that out here through several different observations. All right, and here's the first one, okay, I want you to look at. And that is that Isaac and Jesus both are referenced, they're referred to in the scriptures as the beloved or the loved one. All right. Both of them have this this identity or this name. They are from the they are sons of righteous fathers. All right. Now, keep in mind. And, and, and I know that some of you. All right. You got this question going. But what about Ishmael? What about Ishmael? Yes. I, uh, Ishmael was born before Isaac and Abraham was his father. He was born to a servant girl uh, of, of uh, the family and a point came where God told Abraham that he had to put Ishmael out. He had to send him away because he was not the promised son. He was not the son that, that God intended Abraham to have. And so he was put out. And from God's perspective, he was not the son of Abraham. And so when Isaac is born, the son of promise, then he is called the only son. He is referenced as the only son of Abraham, okay? So we have these only beloved sons, if you will, of a righteous father. And, and they were both sons of promise. And, and both Isaac and Jesus, all right, represent huge promise uh, from God. And so we have... We have this beautiful, beautiful idea of, of one that was so loved being willing to be given over, if you will. 
all right? To be sacrificed, to, to be lost in a sense, all right? Knowing full well that they would, of course, be regained or restored in, in life. But I want you to understand that this is, this is a beautiful picture of Abraham seeing in time, seeing in history, if you will, being able to, to look through that portal, if you will, and see something that wasn't even yet to be. And he's able to do that. And I think that's one of the great miracles of what we have here. So we have both Isaac and Jesus being identified this way. And they're also identified as the sons of Abraham. All right. In, in Genesis chapter 21, verse three, if you look back over there, uh, one chapter back, it refers to Isaac as the son of Abraham. Um, and, and then also in, in verse 22, he's re, uh, verse two, he's again referred to as the only son of Abraham. And then if you go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, it describes the genealogy of Jesus Christ and makes the reference of Jesus as, first of all, the son of David, but then the son of Abraham. So we see this parallel rising up both Old Testament and New Testament here. And then I want to point out to you that both are offered in sacrifice. Both are offered in sacrifice. Matthew chapter 27, verse 35 says... The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, this is John the Baptist speaking here now, and and he sees Jesus from afar. And when he does, it says, he says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's John chapter 1, verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God. The reference here is in a lamb as in sacrificial, as one that would be sacrificed or his life would be taken for, he says here, the sin of the world. And Matthew 27, 35 says, when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. He was crucified. And we see this, this symbolism, this silhouette as Isaac is being bound and is being placed on the altar of sacrifice. And his father is prepared to obey God completely through and offer him in this sacrifice. It's interesting also that this sacrifice is offered in the land of Moriah. Jerusalem, if you will. Both, both are sacrificed in the same geographical area, all right? And I... Second Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1 also makes a reference to this. It says there that Solomon began to build the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. But then he goes on and says, on Mount Moriah. All right. In Jerusalem, on Mount Moriah, which is where the Lord had appeared to David, his father, uh, at the place that David had appointed on the threshing floor of Ornon, the Jebusite. That is the place where uh, the, the temple is commanded to be built. It is Jerusalem, not necessarily as Jesus would know it in his day, but it is the same geographical area. And so we see uh, also in Matthew chapter 16, verse 21, where Jesus foretells his death and resurrection. And he says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. In other words, this Mount Moriah area. He, he had to go to Jerusalem. It was necessary. It was destined for him. It was appointed to him to go to Jerusalem. All right? And, and knowing full well that he would uh, suffer and die there. And it says that, that he would suffer many things uh, at the hands of the chief priests and the scribes, that he would be killed, and on the third day he would be raised again. Both of these sons carried wood for their own sacrifice. 
Genesis chapter 22, verse 6 that we read earlier talks about how that the father gathered the wood and then he laid it upon his son Isaac so that he would carry the wood that would be used for the sacrifice, all right? And, and so we also see in John chapter 19, verse 17, where it says that Jesus went out bearing his own cross. He had to carry his wooden cross. So just as Isaac carries the wood on his back for his imminent sacrifice, he believes, then also we see Jesus having to pick up the cross of wood and carry it on his back uh, to the place of the skull, which is called Golgotha. Both were bound. They were tied up and they were placed on the top of the wood, if you will. We see this in in, in verse 9 there, Genesis 22, but we also see it in John chapter 19, beginning at verse 18, where it says, They crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. All right, Jesus is laid on the cross. He is nailed to the cross. Pilate put, had, orders this inscription to be put on the cross where Jesus is crucified. Reads, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8 says, Being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, all right, and even death on a cross, all right. What we understand here in this more more vivid type, and that is Jesus himself, is, is the magnitude of suffering and agony that he went through when he died for your sins and my sins. And also both, willingly allow themselves to be offered in sacrifice. We see that Isaac did not in any way defy his father. He did not fight against this. It simply says in the scriptures that the father put him on the altar. He was bound and laid upon the altar. And then the father removed the knife and was prepared, ready to to give him in sacrifice. And we see in the scriptures where Jesus says, I gave up my life willingly. No one took it from me. I gave it. And this is the beauty of the greater type is that there was no, no second thoughts. There, there was no turning around. There was no hesitation. There was no doubt. There was nothing that was stopping Jesus from fulfilling his destiny and his purpose to die for your sins and for my sins on the cross of Calvary. This is the beauty of his story. This is, this is the amazing, amazing love that we see being poured out here. Both sons, this is, this is where it gets really wonderful, both sons were resurrected, in a sense, as in given back to their fathers on, on the third day. This is, this, is, this is where it gets so lovely, if you will, all right? Isaac was essentially, you see, dead when his father was given the commandment to, to sacrifice him. In that moment, you, I, I can't imagine, I can't identify with Abraham at this point. I, could, I, I just can't imagine having to give one of my children. When my children leave the house, I begin to fret. I, I, can't, I can't help it. You know, my wife is, is in Minneapolis this weekend. Uh, she met her sister there they, that flew from Seattle, and, uh, and they're there with their sister-in-law. And uh, then my daughter drove from Mankato, and, and, and her cousin also with her. Um, and then there's a, a, another daughter that, that, uh, that came from Rapid City. And uh, they're all driving, and, and now they're all in Minneapolis driving around. Today, they're, they're probably shopping somewhere right now, doggone it. Uh, but, but they're driving, you know, and I, I have been sick all weekend. 
And I'm sure that part of it is just stress-related, you know. Uh, and, 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 you know, if, if you've ever ridden with my daughter, you know, Lord, help us. They, they should sound like tornado warning sirens or something when she gets in a car. There should be some kind of remote that just sets them off and just tells the whole world, be careful, Carissa's driving. <laughs> Sorry, sweetie, if you listen to this. Um, but I do, I, I, you know, I worry about my children and, and the idea, and Pastor David and I have talked about this in, in discussions oftentimes of how we, we just, you know, the idea of losing one of our children. But Abraham willingly lays his son on the altar. But the more beautiful thing is that Jesus willingly goes to the cross. And he dies for your sin and my sin. But this man, Abraham, when he got that, that command and entered into that test, he gave his son up for dead. He released him at that moment. The amazing thing is that, that even in the garden, Jesus releases himself. J- Jesus, I know, in, in, the, in, in the natural sense, died on the cross. But you see, Jesus really died in the garden. Because it was in Gethsemane that he said, Father, I'd love for this cup to be taken from me. Nevertheless, your will be done. In that moment, Jesus died for you. In that moment, he gave up everything for you. And that's the beauty of the story. And just as Abraham gave up his son, Jesus gave up himself. And he was willing to go and to die. God stopped Abraham on the third day. It says on the third day, he put Isaac on the altar. And he lifted the knife. And when he did, the voice from heaven spoke and said, Abraham, Abraham. Let me paraphrase it. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. You don't have to. You've proven yourself faithful. Jesus died. He suffered, he died, he was buried. And if that was the end of the story, I would not stand before you. I would have no hope. I would have nothing to give you. I could bring nothing to you. But it's not the end of the story. On the third day, he arose again from the dead. That's the message. That's the hope that you and I have. He is given back, if you will, into the realm of the Father. All right? And, and, and he has done this amazing thing of taking your sin and my sin as the lamb to be slaughtered for the sacrifice. All right? Let's take just a quick look at Abraham and then we'll close here. The faith of Abraham, in my opinion, if you were to line draw it, it would look like a, a, a line drawing of the Himalayas, ups and downs. I mean, you look at his life, and there, there are these great peaks and these tremendous valleys uh, in his life. And, and I think that this story, this story of Isaac and his obedience and his willingness to follow it to, to the end is, is, is amazing. You know, I mean, he, he had such an understanding. He was able to see... When, when Isaac says, well, where's the ram or where's the, the, the sacrifice? Where's the lamb? Where, wh- wh- we don't have anything to sacrifice here. And Abraham says, 
God will provide. But Abraham says that in light of having said to, 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 to uh, is, is saying that in light of seeing out there because he says to the two that he took with him, when they ask about it all, where are you going, whatever, I'm sure they had questions, don't you, don't you think? What, what, are, you, what are you doing? You, you, he says, you just stay here, we're, we're going ahead. And as, they, as they're going ahead, he turns and, and he says to them, don't, don't mind us. I'm, I'm paraphrasing now. Don't mind us. We'll be back. We'll, we'll be back. He didn't say, it's okay, fellas. I'll be back. No. We'll be back. Somehow, somehow, he had to have seen down in time and saw resurrection. He saw something he didn't even understand. He, he realized something about God that, that, that he had not seen before, but he knew that this God could take care of him. And I, and I think this is the most pivotal moment in his life of faith, is to believe God and to obey God in such a difficult order. And so I think that's sort of like his... His Everest, if you will. That's his, well, uh, his Mount Moriah, actually. Yeah. But it, it's, it's his place where it's like, wow. He tapped into to, to God, and, and, and it, it was an amazing encounter. And he proved faithful. And God redeemed it all. And so if I can give you and challenge you with one application today, it is this. Develop your faith. Seek after God, walk with God, know God to such a magnitude, to such a level or a degree that you can walk in great faith with him. That no matter what he asks of you, all right, and I'm not inferring he's going to ask something like he asked of Abraham. I think Abraham is an amazing example for all of us. And not only did he have this encounter in which to mark his own life uh, of his faith in God, but it was put on display for the whole world to see through Scripture. And I get that. But I believe this same God wants of you and will ask of you obedience. And He will ask you from time to time to do the things that are hard. He will ask you to do the things that are difficult. He will ask you to do the things that you don't understand or you don't see clearly down through time to grasp. But you will need to say, Yes, Father. You will need to come along beside God. You will need to cooperate with God, to walk with Him in those places. We don't just get to walk close to Him in the good times. We don't just get to walk close to Him in the easy moments of our faith life. But we must walk close to Him. And in my opinion, you probably need to be even closer in the difficulties. You need to be closer in the adversities. You need to be closer in those places where he asks of you the hard and the difficult things of life. And so I believe that the only way you're going to be able to do that is that you know this Jesus of this type that we are talking about today. And you walk with this God, our Heavenly Father. And you let your faith build. And my prayer for you is that your eyes are open, that you may see all that God has before you.